Welcome to the Healthy You podcast, where we'll be chatting to a different guest each episode to find out what being healthy means to them. My name is Hannah. I'm a Senior Active Lifestyle Officer at Cambridge City Council, one of the Healthy You delivery partners, and I'll be your host for this episode. It's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast today, Emma Tyfoley from Cambridge Urban Fitness. Emma is a level three qualified personal trainer specialising in women's fitness. Join us in this episode to find out about Emma's passion for exercise, health and well-being and how she is motivating her clients to move more, no matter what stage of life they're at. Okay, so without further ado, I welcome Emma from Cambridge Urban Fitness. Welcome, Emma, to the Healthy You podcast. Hello, Hannah. Lovely to see you. Yeah, and you. (laughs) How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Very well, yeah. Good, good. Excellent. Um, First, I think it would be a good point um, to start. Just let us know a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, Well, I'm 45. I'm uh, married with two girls who are now teenagers, 17 and 14. Um, And I set up my own business, a fitness business, about just over six years ago. Um, I decided to take take a leap and follow my passion. So I, I actually used to work for Cambridge City Council for many years ah. um, before retraining. Um, and, you know, I worked with some really lovely people and it was very, you know, it was a great organisation to work for when you had young kids. Um, but my passion has always been exercise. So I finally kind of, when my eldest went to secondary school, it was a, a, a kind of a good transition point. Mm. Um, so I t- and it, it kind of coincided as well with bumping into the old um, head of HR that used to work for the city council who'd retrained as a coach. And I just so happened to bump into her and, and then had a meet up with her. And, you know, I was talking through my ideas. Um, anyway, yes. So then that inspired you to make the change. That inspired me to make the change. Yes. And originally I was kind of delivering whether I should do it part time. So work and then, you know, um, study every other weekend. But that was going to take a long time. And I just thought, yep. you know, life was so busy. I could see myself losing momentum. So I thought the only way to do it was just to take a clean break and do an intensive course and then start. And yeah, there's been no regrets. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. you said you, so you did the training kind of separately. Um, yeah. Yeah, how was that? Yeah. The tra- really, I really enjoyed it. I, I really enjoy stud- uh, learning and studying. And, it, you know, it's kind of ongoing learning ever since as well, which is great. Um, so it was a six-week intense course. Uh, you, first, you become a fitness instructor, and then you do the extra sort of um, modules to become a personal trainer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, really, really interesting. Really oh, interesting. well done, you. I think there's a lot of people that, that look to kind of almost take up their hobbies don't they um into becoming a full-time job or or to look at kind of reshuffling around kind of what work they're doing I think it's a brave step isn't it to be able to then actually go on and and almost use what what you love around physical activity and inspires inspire other people to do it so it it was quite a scary step you know moving away from a a guaranteed salary and and you know I did have I did take a hit for a while um but no, it's, uh, yeah, no regrets now. <laughs> so what physical activity did you do before you decided to become a PT? I used to do a lot of running, actually. And then when I, beca- when I trained to become a PT, I learned the importance of strength training. Mm. Um, and that I was sort of late 30s when I retrained. So that's a really important time to be preserving your muscle mass um, because we start to lose a lot of muscle mass as we age, particularly you know, from 30 onwards. So um, that, was, that kind of changed what I did then. And um, a couple of years ago, I was diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis, which um, stopped me running and walking for quite a while. I had a lot of pain in my feet. Um, 
so that was that was quite challenging and actually since then I've I've not really run very much but I'm just very thankful to be walking again I do yeah. a lot of strength work and cycling um so you know it's just kind of finding other ways of of keeping active and keeping keeping the heart rate up yeah. yeah and I think we we look at um you know our life journeys don't we and look at the different physical activity that you do at different mm-hmm. points um and there's certain stages within your life and whether that is just just having babies I'm using that as my excuse at the moment <laughs> um yeah, that you yes. do have drops and peaks peaks and troughs in your Absolutely. physical activity don't you and things like illnesses and and things like that do get in the way and it is just learning to ad- adapt isn't it and do activities yeah. that you are capable of doing um yeah. do you see that a lot um with your clients that come through um, in, in terms of what sort of peaks and troughs of uh, movement yeah. yeah no I do I do um, and again some some have injuries at certain times or particularly you know a lot of the clients I train now are in the perimenopause postmenopause and the more aching joints and just kind of be mindful of working with those um, and actually quite often you know keep keeping moving keeping the strength work going helps those sore joints anyway and keeps them lubricated yeah um, yeah and particularly you know it's very common when you have young children it's very difficult to get out and exercise and so it's finding ways that you can perhaps get out with them maybe even if it's just for a walk to the park or um you know when your partner comes home if you've got a partner nipping out for a run or whatever once your pelvic floor's healed of course <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> a whole new through. podcast <laughs> yes, <indeed. laughs> um, and actually that's how I got into running when I had my second daughter once it up from about a year onwards I had quite bad postnatal depression and I started running again just after a year and that really really helped it was quite a long prolonged um, bout of postnatal depression but the, the running really helps and again it, my husband was working long hours so when he got home I just had to be super organized and just go out for 20-30 minutes and every time you know I always felt so much better yeah um, yeah and I think it's reflecting on how you feel after you've done some physical activity isn't it and actually absolutely. saying I do feel better and I will remember this next time yeah, I absolutely. say to myself I don't want to go out I'm, I'm yeah. going because I know it's going to have those benefits for me so exactly and so off, so often you know getting started is the hardest is the hardest part and just getting that routine going so I think taking I always say to people take the pressure off yourself you know anything you do is better than nothing and mm. um, so just start with some really small goals yeah and walking yeah. walking's great exercise yeah. yeah and I think that especially with um the new year coming round, there's a lot of people that that use that almost as a as a starting point don't they to get back into physical yeah. activity and yes. I think it you know as we, we talk about as the active lifestyles team you know we, we try not to refer to it as exercise it's more about physical activity or movement because I think even the word exercise can can put people off and yeah 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 absolutely um and going back to that with movement I mean it is just doing doing something every single day mm. um and you know there's, there's been a lot of research now that sitting and being very sedentary is actually more damaging to your health than smoking which is quite a terrifying thought isn't it yeah um, it is and I think especially with the shift now for people working from home I think there is a bit more of a tendency to to sit at your desk you know those people well, that do have more kind of office based well not office based but you know computer-based roles that, yeah, that there is yeah. that that shift now so yeah, yeah and that comes a lot up a lot with clients as well that you know you can easily do um a thousand steps a day if you don't make a conscious effort to go out because mm. that functional movement has been stripped away you know even if you're catching the bus to work you've probably got a little walk from the bus stop to the office or whatever um yeah. so it's, I've, and i try and recommend to clients that they they almost fit in even if it's 10 minutes just a 10 minute walk around the block before you go and sit down at your desk at home or kitchen table or whatever to um to pretend that's your commute to work 
yeah yeah that's a good that's a good idea and I think actually we should challenge the listeners today to um to go out and get up and and go out and do that 10 minute walk especially when um five minutes you know so really <laughs> you're, you're more like you're likely to do more than that but if you just set yourself a five minute goal mm-hmm. it's really easy to achieve so yeah so let's set that let's set that goal <laughs> <laughs> we'll set that challenge um I did actually when I used to uh, live in a house share one of the guys used to work from home and he used to go out the back door do a loop around the estate and come back in the front door and that was his commute to work um and he was just like I just need to get out get some fresh air and come back in and I can start yes. my work day at that point which yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's just building it into your your routine, isn't it? I think. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Uh, we covered quite a lot just in that in that little chat. Um, we briefly mentioned the menopause um, program that that you're running. Can you talk oh, yeah. to us a little bit more about that? Yeah, of course. Well, um, so that that all well, the idea started for about four years ago, and I I started the perimenopause early myself. So I was only forty one at the time. Okay. I had you know some of the classic symptoms: hot flushes hot flushes during the day and night um real real trouble sleeping just not you know not having any kind of restorative sleep very fitful sleep waking up exhausted all the time my mood was low um, i wasn't depressed as such but just really not finding the joy in the, the small things that i would normally find joy in did um, you know that that's what it was at the time when you were going no through idea. it no absolutely no idea mm. and you know there were some other issues going on and my husband's like i really think you should go to the gp perhaps there's something wrong i said oh you know, what are they going to say? And I said, okay, I'll go. It was more to keep him quiet, to be honest. <laughs> Your heels um, dragging out the door. <laughs> yeah, honestly, it didn't cross my mind that it could have been that because, as I said, I was only 41. Oh, my periods had stopped as well for three months. Mm. And up until that point, they'd always been really regular. So um, I went to see a GP, just booked in with any GP, and um, she did a smear and took some blood tests and then called me about a week later to say, oh, really good news. You haven't got cancer, which, you know, of course, was absolutely fantastic. Good. <laughs> yeah, but she said, but it doesn't look like you're nearly through your menopause. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> what? It's only been three months. <laughs> um, and so I booked in to go and see her face to face. And she said, um, yeah, it looks like you're through your menopause. I said, well, you know, and I knew enough about this because I'd, I'd studied a course on, you know, exercise and menopause mm. and what women need to do to look after themselves and what about my you know my bone strength if my estrogen's dropping off so early I'm more at risk of osteoporosis and what about my heart health because obviously estrogen has heart protective factors and she just didn't really have any answers for me all she said was um well you know you're not officially in early menopause unless you're under 40 I was like well I'm only one year over um (laughs) and and again I said well what what do I do now and again no answer well we'll come back if you need some HRT and I said, well, how do I know if I need HRT? And, and there was just nothing. And I, I felt so alone at that point because none of my friends were going through it. Mm. And there didn't seem to be any signposting of where you could find more information. Um, I think, you know, over the last four years, that's improved so much with, you know, celebrities like Davina McCall really raising the profile of, of the menopause. There's a fantastic doctor called Dr. Louise Newson, who does a lot to, again, um, create awareness and talk about symptoms and she's been a a huge help for women yeah it feels like there has been a lot more of it in the news recently hasn't there about about kind of menopause and training and things so exactly but anyway uh, from that point onwards I thought crikey you know when I had my children there was so much um, advice you could tap into and resource and groups and stuff and now there's nothing and this feels so wrong so um, I was determined to sort of learn as much as I could from that point on and try and create something 
like a, like a, a community and also a, a teaching for women. So you know, you know what it's like. Life life's busy, and um, I was like tend to load myself up. But when the we had lockdown three, I was a lot quieter. Um, a lot of one-to-one clients you know, decided to part their sessions because it was mm. cold and miserable and people didn't really want to train in the park even though I could have seen one person outside I was doing some online stuff but I, I had much more sort of space in my diary so I really started to think about you know what what could I do that would be helpful and I interviewed some friends and clients you know about what they would want from a, a course on the peri to postmenopause, um, and then I designed this a six-week course so it's, it's a holistic look at health and well-being, not just exercise. Exercise is just one module of it. Yeah. Um, but also, um, you know, talking through the symptoms, the hormonal changes so that women can understand what's happening to their bodies. And then um, so there's a module on exercise and how that can help help us. Uh, a module on um, nutrition. So, you know, eating the right kinds of foods yeah. and what to cut back on to help hormonal balance and just fit feeling as well as you can in this phase, you know, reducing inflammation. There's a module on the importance of sleep and rest because, you know, so many women are so busy that sleep is cut right back on, but actually that is so important for our health that it almost needs to be, you know, not seen as a luxury, but a a non-negotiable. And rest as well, you know, just having a little moment in your day. However, you know, rest rest is different for everyone. So, you know, Mine, my, mine, for example, is walking, or I, I do love gardening. I've become a real anorak in my <laughs> so, you know, someone else, it might be having a bath, or it might be sitting reading a book. Um, and just, and actually, it's been proven that having those 10 to 15 minutes of rest a day actually makes you more productive. Yeah. So, you know, it's not, it, it's not, a, um, it's not something to feel in, is an indulgence. It's actually necessary. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, and again, helping to balance the hormones, reduce cortisol. There's a module on. Um, mental well-being because actually that's something that's becoming more talked about now but anxiety and depression is a really really common symptom of of the perimenopause Mm -hmm. um and uh you know so looking at the different ways to help our well-being um and and then lastly talking about you know uh other 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 things that can help so alternative therapies but also hrt um, because you know for some women it's just it's just a necessity yeah, um, yeah. some women of course can't take it if you've got a um if you've had cancer that's uh sensitive to estrogen but a lot of women can take and it's kind of debunking the you know the risks um around it mm. um and and how it you know offsetting the risk versus all the other health benefits that you get yeah, yeah. so and, and, and i'm sort of underpinning all that it's building a community so my big my big goal is or vision is for it to become, you know, the NCT equivalent for the perimenopause. <laughs> so that women have got that community to support each other through this you know, kind of major life phase, really. Yeah, yeah. And I think, like you say, there is a lot of support around when you are pregnant and, and having babies that actually, like like you yeah. mentioned there, the NCT groups and, and other groups that are available. It is, you know, mm-hmm. that next life phase. Actually, if there are people going through that same experience as you, um, great to have that social support, isn't it? And and yeah. So important, yeah. Yeah. So I think, um, so is that course, is that, you said it was six weeks, is that online or is that a face-to-face course that you're able to do now? Well, this one I'm doing currently is a hybrid. So we've got two face-to-face sessions and then four online. But in January, I'm planning to do the January course, January, February course, all online, just because COVID is starting to, you know, make noises again. And uncertainty, I think isn't it? It's the un- exactly, the uncertainty. Mm. And some people are really anxious about being in, you know, groups of people in public spaces. So 
I didn't want them to be a barrier to anyone. Um, and, and actually, practically, I think it's hard for people to turn out in the evening, um, in the winter, as opposed mm. to the summer. So, um, yeah, the next, the next course starting in January is going to be online, okay. which is a shame because I think there is so much to be and, I, and longer longer term I see it as being a face-to-face -face thing um or having the option of face-to-face -face and perhaps an online um because I think you do make different kind of connections face-to-face -face, but we're still living in a bit of a weird world at the moment aren't we yeah yeah and I think actually you know the fitness industry has done a great job at, at transferring a lot of the sessions online and, and that being an option for people to to continue to have those conversations and do that physical activity that yeah. you know that's becoming almost an accepted route of of doing it I know mm -hmm. my mum um she's started doing she'd been to Pilates classes face to face and now she does it online and she's got the option to go back face to face and she's like oh well why would I I can sit here and do it in my lounge and I don't have to leave the dog and you know that suits her yeah. better and she's she's kind yeah. of shifted to doing it that way and that and that is personally how she prefers to do it now so yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just happy she's she's doing it so <laughs> absolutely yeah 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 and actually saying that, so I used to do a kettlebell class each week face to face, which and I love the face to face element um, and that hasn't returned as it happens. But in fact, it is, you know, the benefits are it, I don't have any travel time and um, mm. I just run down the garden, switch my laptop on and do it outside. Um, so it does save time. And actually now I can do two, two in a week. So that's even better. <laughs> it's better use of your time. Yeah. You can probably yeah. uh, target more people as well. So yeah. Um... Oh, this is one I attend. So yeah. Oh, right. So you're yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah, oh, well yeah. done. <laughs> I'm doing all my stuff face to face again now. All my, the work that I teach. Yeah. yeah. Apart from I have an online recorded subscription through the website, but that's, you know, kind of pre-recorded. So yeah. is the majority of your delivery done outside or do you do it inside? Do you hire halls or? Yeah, I've actually, well, I've been very lucky. We've got a studio at the end of the garden. So um, funny enough, since COVID, a lot of people have decided they prefer working outside. Mm. And again, there's many benefits to getting the natural light and the fresh air. So it, it depends what clients want to do. Generally, sort of small groups that I run, they're, they're outside. Um, unless it's, you know, not very nice. So today, for example, half wanted to be inside, half wanted to be outside. And that was, you know, that was great. We've got flexibility to do that. Um, so yeah it depends on what the client wants really but one-to-ones can be a mixture of inside and outside yeah, yeah yeah oh that's good so do you find people usually approach you are they coming via your website or social media or is it word um, of mouth or most of it's word of mouth yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good yeah I was looking at your um I was looking at your website and some of the testimonials on there are really lovely um some of the comments that, you, that you've had um you've got a quote on the website that says uh, what seems impossible today will one day become your warm-up yes yeah I love that <laughs> that is really good and uh, yeah you kind of think back don't you to um you know especially if you are more physically active or at points in your life where you have been I remember starting to run and I could literally run between two lampposts to start with um oh. and I've gone on to do kind of five ten k's and even a marathon it's Amazing. you know kind of yeah. you think back to well everybody has to start at some point at somewhere don't they and it's absolutely I think it's really important to sort of look at your progress as well because it's all very easy for say oh well I can do better than that you know and I should be doing best but actually look at how you've come on I mean yeah your example is fantastic to run a marathon yeah yeah That's that happened <laughs> yeah thank you yeah. um I was thinking if you could shout one thing loudly from a rooftop in Cambridge uh, about health and well-being what would you choose to shout from that rooftop Oh, crikey, that's a tricky one. What would I choose? One thing. It probably would be just do something. 
and anything you do or something something is always best than nothing you know so don't think it's going to be some crazy hardcore workout it could just be a 10 minute walk um you know and do something every day yeah. it needs to be a consistent consistent sort of commitment to movement i think yeah. um, because you know again the, the benefits the physical benefits the mental benefits um and you really can't separate the body and the mind they are you know as one um and there's a lovely little video actually which i talk about called 23 and a half hours it's a youtube video okay. and it just talks about all the health benefits it's only nine nine minutes um all the health benefits of walking for just 30 minutes a day so that's why it's called 23 and a half hours because you know everyone can find 30 minutes in their day um and that can even be three lots of 10 minutes um you know and, and improvements that makes to things like depression heart disease um you know high blood pressure yeah but oh, that sounds good i might um get that link up actually and then put it on the um podcast no, I, can notes. I can email it to you yeah, yeah. that'd be useful yeah. to see that i think yeah. there's a lot of um you know there's obviously recommendations for how much physical activity you're meant to meant mm -hmm. to be doing it's that 150 minutes and some people you know kind of go oh, oh that's moderate yeah yeah moderate so level activity and um others can find it quite intimidating i think mm -hmm. can't they so i think just try just try and do something yeah. That's always my, my advice, yeah. So you mentioned about uh, with the menopause course that you're doing that some of that is around nutrition as well. Do you find that when clients come to you that they are looking for that holistic approach um, to their training? Do they want that that kind of support with nutrition? And Yeah, it's real a real mix. I mean, some, some may not initially. And again, it's just learning, engaging when it's appropriate to kind of start introducing that. Um, because again, you don't want to overwhelm people, and and to start, quite often when people start from a base level of not very active, and then they start being active, the nutrition almost kind of follows organically, mm -hmm. um, and we can start sort of introducing you know ideas and and I don't believe in diets, crazy diets. Um, it's it's thinking about you know eating well as a um, a way of life, if you like, you know, just thinking about basing each meal around you know a piece of good quality protein lots of vegetables some more complex carbohydrates so always going whole grain when you can rather than you know white pasta white bread and um, so you've got more fiber and that in turn sort of feed all your gut bugs to keep your gut bacteria healthy so yeah um, I think sometimes it can just be the simple messaging about it can't it because I think like with, with a lot of other things there's so much information available for people to almost google mm -hmm. themselves that I think sometimes you get bogged down in it don't you and then yeah. you kind of come out the other end going well I'm, I'm not sure what I've read someone's opinion over here says x y and z and, and this says you know this so it is just kind of almost picking out and selecting what's most kind of relevant isn't it yeah uh, I, guess, I guess with nutrition it's making those smaller changes and and building Absolutely. that in alongside a healthier active lifestyle isn't it yeah 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 right very good um so we talked about i guess motivations for people to mm. get active and i think sometimes you know there's a there's a lot of people that do have those kind of barriers you know whether they're physical barriers or or whether it's the emotional attachment they've got to being physically active and I guess mm -hmm. I wonder how you would help somebody kind of overcome those barriers because we talk about the importance of physical activity and yeah. and, and movement um, and and doing those little bits kind of here and there but but how would you what messaging would you give to someone that that is thinking about being active um, in the next kind of coming months 
I, I would say don't don't wait for New Year. Firstly, you know, start today um, and just start really small. Start mm. with a, if you're doing absolutely nothing now, start with a five or ten minute walk and then slowly build it up and think about maybe doing, I don't know, five and ten, five or ten squats at the end of that walk. Um, a lot of a lot of people, particularly, you know, around mid age can be worried about injury, mm. uh, you know, understandably. And and that that the impact that would then have on their mobility. And I think if if that's a concern, it, it probably is a good idea to start exercising, you know, in a gym or um, in a class where an instructor can watch your form and just check that you are working out safely. Um, uh, in terms of motivation, try and go with a friend because you're much less likely to cancel on a friend than you are on yourself. Um, and again, if that's just a walk or maybe starting the couch to 5K or maybe starting you know, a strength workout on YouTube, doing it with a friend so you've got and it's, and it's more fun with a friend I think mostly anyway. it is it is yeah. definitely it definitely helps and we've got some colleagues at work that we try and go out for a uh, a run if we're all in the office oh, on, on a Tuesday but really? ordinarily I, I probably wouldn't do that on my own um, and it is just having that network of people around you to support you to yeah that motivation isn't it to go out and go out and do it and we Absolutely. inevitably just um end up talking about work when we're running so um, we're essentially still working so yeah, very very <laughs> i suppose yeah. it's like a walking meeting but a, a, a yeah a uh, oh. running meeting <laughs> yeah. um right so i guess the the main question that we try and bring into all of our podcasts is what does being healthy mean to you Ooh. what does being healthy mean to me well it's um Again, it's holistic. So thinking about keeping our bodies as healthy as possible, which in turn will keep our minds healthy. I think a healthy body, healthy mind. Um, so it, my, to me, that means moving every day um, to help keep my body healthy. And again, as, as I said, not necessarily hardcore exercise. It could be a 20 minute, half an hour walk with the dog. Um, and also feeding, feeding our bodies nourishing food. Um, you know, if if you're living off kind of processed things with no fresh fruit and veg or pulses um, or even frozen fruit or veg, they're very high in nutrients as well. You know, it will take its toll on your body um, and your and your mind as well. There's a lot more research coming out now into the importance of eating to help beat depression. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, and just going back to depression, I had a, a long term client. She, unfortunately, she moved away, but she um, had some really serious mental health illness, uh, illnesses and she said that exercise was the best medicine she'd ever taken yeah so yeah yeah I think again there's just the the link between you know exercise healthy mind sorry I'm rambling now <laughs> no I think I think you're that's that is right like the fact that I think you mentioned it before like how closely linked your body and mind are yeah. you know I've I've seen that personally that the, the more physical activity you do it does kind of lift your mood um mm -hmm. and it and you have to give it that time to be able to kind of go out and do that don't you but yeah, yeah. I think that, that's been really useful um you mentioned that you had two teenage girls now I just wonder just out of interest are they active young ladies ah that's a good question well <laughs> I I cajoled them into when I was doing the online workouts doing them with me and um, so 
because it kind of you know all the clients loved hearing them complaining and moaning so that, <laughs> that that kept them going through lockdown which was brilliant and I and I, I'll be honest I did have to pay them a small fee <laughs> <laughs> an appearance <laughs> fee <laughs> <laughs> well actually I didn't have to I said I would at the end so, so, my youngest is good she's doing pc uh, p um for her g one of her gcses and she's she does quite a lot of sport anyway and interestingly my 17 year old who always used to be very active is not doing as well now okay she's a sixth form only five minute walk from home so that she's lost her functional exercise she used to cycle to school okay um, all that p at school has dropped off so I am on her case at the moment about, and she does know, she knows the importance of exercise and how, yeah. and she's actually, she's going to start it. She's got her A-level mocks coming up in January. So I'm going to really get on her case about doing some regular exercise. Yeah, be because again, you know, the links with exercise and cognition and how mm -hmm. you know, sharp your brain is, is just, uh, that's all being proven. Yeah. I think there's been a lot of research, hasn't there, around um, looking at females, compared to males and how much activity they do at different stages of their lives and you know yeah. that teenage those teenage years are are tricky to negotiate and actually a lot of yeah. a lot of young ladies do unfortunately kind of drop off their physical activity at that point so it they is really just do. yeah it's so sad and yeah against and team sports as well that really drops off mm. Mm. I think it's going from that organized sport at school isn't it to then suddenly yeah. having to go out on your own and 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 so do it yeah 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 well, they've got you as a, a role model, so um, yeah, they're in good stead. <laughs> I, think they, I think I annoy them a lot, Hannah, to be honest. <laughs> 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 it's good motivation, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I think that's been really useful, Emma. Thank you very much. It's been lovely to um, find out a little bit about um, yourself and your journey into PT and, and help, how you've helped to kind of inspire other people to get to get active and we oh. thank you for doing this in Cambridge <laughs> oh that's the pleasure thank you Emma. it's been lovely to talk to you so thank yeah. you <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast and of course tell your friends Healthy You is a free service to support Cambridgeshire and Peterborough residents to improve their health and well-being the service is funded by Cambridgeshire County Council and Peterborough City Council and is 100% free. To find out more about how the service can support you, visit healthyyou.org.uk.